When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about strategies for building drop shipping based WooCommerce stores. And joining us for that conversation, I'd like to welcome from Zendrop, Mr. Jared Getz. Jared, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on here. Excited for our conversation today. I am excited as well uh, for those listening. Uh, what Jared's going to chat about are his thoughts on the strategies when building successful uh, dropshipping-based businesses. Um, Jared has a lot of experience in this area. He's built in, and grown his own dropshipping-based business and has uh, founded and runs a business called Zendrop that specifically focuses on enabling dropship-based e-commerce businesses. So I'm sure you have a lot to share here, Jared. We're really excited to hear uh, your view on these topics. Um, but I'm going to ask you the first question I ask all our guests, Jared. Uh, briefly tell me about the first time you uh, used WordPress. First time I personally used WordPress was um, building my personal website. Uh, I didn't 
ma- you know, manage it and do it myself, but my team built it. Uh, and then, you know, we, we realized that lots of people use WordPress and WooCommerce when we started getting flooded with emails um, to do an integration for Zendrop. So now we're working a lot more with WordPress um, on these WooCommerce e-commerce businesses uh, with Zendrop. Okay, so you were you were building it for a personal site. Uh, do you remember what year this was by chance, like roughly? Uh, it's probably like 2017. Okay, so 2017. So that's an exciting year in, in the WordPress timeline. I know that probably didn't have an impact on how you were thinking about building your site at the time, but this was right before uh, the, the WordPress block editor was introduced, um, but, but kind of like in the thick of WordPress's uh, kind of gr- swelling popularity. So it makes sense that you might've dipped your toe in at the time, uh, but you kind of alluded to the fact that you had uh, kind of founded this company, Zendrop, and I, I referenced it earlier. Could you tell us a little bit about what Zendrop does? Yeah, Zendrop basically allows you, if you have an e-commerce store and you want to sell products, um, but you don't want to deal with suppliers, you don't want to you know, source inventory, warehouse products, ship things out, you could simply go on Zendrop. We have over 500,000 SKUs of different products that you can sell. Uh, we make it so that you can add those products to your store with one click. Um, all the data from the product goes on your store and you can go and sell those products however you want. You know, you could run Facebook ads or Google ads or TikTok or influencers uh, and you can sell products. And every time you make a sale, we get the order data into Zendrop and we get the product shipped out to your customer either through our warehouses or through our suppliers that sign up. Um, it's a double-sided marketplace. So we have sellers um, and yeah, all the tracking information automatically goes back into your store and out to your customer and the whole fulfillment process is automated. That's really cool. You know, when I first was preparing for this interview, I thought it was only the technology side, but you've got the, the seller side as well. Uh, or is that what you call it? The supplier side is what you call them. Yeah. Um, so you said it was a double-sided marketplace. Yeah, exactly. So one set of users are, you know, users like listeners of this podcast who have an e-commerce store. And the other set of users are um, individuals or businesses that have actual product that they would like to list on Zendrop for other people to sell. Interesting. And then on the site owner side, do you think that you deal most often with like the business or site owner or the person building the store for them or both? Or how does that, I'm just curious about that side of your business. Is it, is it kind of a blend or is it mainly focused on the store owner persona? Um, You know, we, it's a blend. Um, The majority of our users are, you know, store owners, uh, you know, they run most of the, their business themselves. They're smaller businesses. They're just getting started. Um, but then we also have uh, a, a mix of, you know, multi hundred million dollar brands that, you know, have a whole operation, uh, but they want more products to test, to run ads to, and try to get lower cost per acquisitions, uh, you know, without sacrificing quality, shipping times, things like that. Um, you know, so we work with with really people of all sizes, uh, but I'd say the majority are, are smaller business owners. Okay, so that makes sense. So it's not just the solopreneur, but it's it's a blend of businesses using dropshipping almost in a sense for different strategies, depending on where they are and what they're trying to achieve. So I'm curious, like if you could unpack that a little bit, 
like just from the high level, like what uh, you've already explained, of course, what drop shipping is. I think a lot of people know what it is. Um, but how are what are the strategies? How are folks using the uh, drop shipping in their e-commerce stores? Yeah, so you know, uh, you'd be surprised how many businesses actually drop ship. Um, a lot of the biggest brands out there, you know, Walmart, Amazon, um, Macy's.com, uh, Home Depot, all these platforms have vendor portals where their vendors can list products, and the website really just d- drives traffic and makes the sales. And then a lot of the vendors are actually drop shipping those products to the end customer. Um, well, with us, you know, we've built a catalog of products and it's an ever growing catalog of products. So businesses can come to us and have all the vendors there. So they don't have to go deal with individual vendors. Um, and they certainly don't need to buy inventory. So, you know, for the small business, for the solopreneur people out there, you know, the easiest way to kind of use our technology and our platform to create value in their business, it, it, it allows you to actually test a lot of products. You know, traditionally people would decide on what they want to sell um, and they would try to figure out how to make that product sell. And that's actually not a very efficient way of doing it because, you know, if you could find the product that sells with not very much effort at all, then, you know, if you put effort into it and you start, you know, creating different creatives, running different ads, different platforms, um, then, you know, you could be really profitable and scalable. So our platform allows you to test as many products as you want, essentially. You know, we have people that test 100 products a week on Facebook ads and they find the one or two that are getting super low cost per acquisition for customers and they scale those up. So that's typically the probably the best way to utilize drop shipping to your advantage. I don't know if that answered your question exactly. No, but. It, it does, because I think like the natural inclination, of course, is to think of the solopreneur who's you know going to sell some products they don't want to deal with the inventory on and the shipping. Um, but you're kind of pointing out that, hey, look, some of the biggest brand, the e-commerce brands on earth, you know, Walmart and uh, Home Depot, you had mentioned, are, are leveraging this kind of strategy through things like vendor portals or supplier portals. And it's it, and I can imagine, of course, a, a big brand using such a strategy to facilitate, you know, inventory management and shipping and everything to expand the, the inventory products they're selling. Um, but I could see you know, kind of those mid-sized brands leveraging platforms like yours to get the same outcome that a big brand like Home Depot can get with a supplier or vendor portal that a small brand or mid-sized e-commerce brand is not going to be able to get that same level of interest, if you will, from participating vendors um, in addition to the experimentation side. Is that, is that a fair characterization? Yeah, exactly. It just allows you to be more nimble, you know, and you can have multiple stores, you know, you can have one store that's your, you know, your general store, right? Your Walmart, you sell everything on there and you're running ads to, to jewelry and, and clothing and beauty products and electronics. And then you find something that's crushing it. Maybe it's a, you know, a, a pair of magnetic eyelashes, right? It's a trending product that everyone's buying. And then you leverage that, you create another website that's for women's beauty products. And then what that allows you to do is you could sell the eyelashes and you can upsell people, um, you know, a necklace that they like. And then you're you're building a list of uh, people that like women's beauty products. Now you could start hitting them with email marketing. Um, You can retarget your customers with other offerings in the same ballpark. So dropshipping just allows you to be nimble uh, and really data-driven as opposed to trying to make something, you know, sometimes people are trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole. 
you know, they have, maybe they got into the, you know, into the trading card business and they're trying to figure out how do I sell trading cards? And it's really hard, you know? So this just allows you to be nimble and find what works with relative ease. Yeah. I think that's an unintuitive strategy with drop shipping uh, that I know I didn't necessarily like gravitate towards as I, I thought about it collectively. Um, I want to dig a little deeper into the strategies though, but we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Jared Getz of Zendrop about strategies for building dropshipping-based e-commerce stores. Right before the break, Jared, you were talking a little bit about the different use cases of dropshipping. You were speaking about you know, the, the kind of uh, intuitive, I guess, solopreneur kind of starting up an e-commerce store. Uh, but maybe the less intuitive uh, thought of using dropshipping for experimentation and in, in broadening your market, even for much larger brands, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, so obviously you, you have been in the dropshipping world for a while and have seen lots of different kinds of strategies. Um, is there one that stands out as your favorite uh, relative to dropshipping? So I think a more useful answer than just giving a, a technical strategy is, is giving an understanding of um, what really happened. And I'm, I'm speaking to the, you know, the people that are just kind of getting started with their e-commerce business, um, giving a kind of an overview of what actually happens um, as you go down this path um, from a, from a, you know, psychological standpoint, you know, a lot of people, they decide on a product they put a bunch of effort into making the landing page perfect. You know, they may film videos and send the videos to editors and spend money on marketing materials um, and do everything right. And then they launch it and it's just not profitable. And no matter what they do, they can't make a profit on it. So then they pick another product and they put a bunch of energy into trying to make it perfect. They do photo shoot videos, all this whole, you know, a whole bunch of work into it and they launch it and it's, it's not profitable. Um, so 
what happens after, you know, three, four, five, six plus times of doing this, um, you know, typically people get discouraged and they're like, oh, this doesn't work and they give up. Um, they start to associate trying or drop, you know, trying to do this with discouragement. So they're like, they don't want to do it anymore. Um, so the strategy, the high level strategy um, that I like to use with drop shipping is more of a, a psychological trick, right? It's like put the least amount of effort, the least amount of energy, like out of a, let's say you're, you have a scale of one to 10, uh, 10 being, you know, you did everything to make this thing perfect. You spent weeks or months on design and color and video. And, you know, you do everything for this product and a one being you add it to your store and you run an image ad on Facebook, right? The quickest thing you can do. So what I like is put a one or a two effort into 10 to a hundred products a week where you're literally just adding the product to your store. You're not worrying about what the landing page looks like. You're not worrying about what your ads look like. You're just running ads to a lot of different products. And then if you run ads to a lot of products, you'll find one or two that are very profitable. And imagine if you're getting a ROI when you put in a one effort, imagine what kind of ROI you'll get when you put in a 10 effort. And then imagine what will happen to you psychologically when you start to find winning products. You know, you start to associate testing with excitement. So you're going to want to test more. And that's what kind of propels you long-term. So the strategy is really put the least amount of effort as you could into the product, into, into you know, testing each individual product and put your energy into testing a lot of products and then narrow in what works and then invest your energy in that. That really resonates for me. You know, I think really for two points, one is the propensity of AB tests to fail. Um, a friend of mine was VP of product at Optimizely. She reported something like 80% of Bs fail to beat the A in like a landing page test. And I could see that leading to discouragement, particularly from people that are just getting into it. And it's also interesting to me because I think like as I, all the A-B tests I've done over the years, the most effective ones were where we change the words. And, and really what you're saying is you're, you're changing the most powerful words, which are the ones related to the offer or, or what they're going to buy. And that's one of the key advantages, it seems, of drop shipping is you can fundamentally just change your offer like in a very material way um, without a lot, with it being a one or two on the energy scale, as you put it. Um, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Is that roughly how you think about it? Yeah, exactly. You, you essentially, when you're drop shipping, you have infinite offers that you can, that you can market, right? You're not stuck to one offer or two offers and you're trying to make those work. You have infinite offers. So then when you find an offer that works and we can call an offer a product, right? When sure, you find sure, a product sure. That yeah. works at that little amount of energy that you put into it. Now, you know, it's only up from there, you know, and, uh, and it, it gives people the motivation to keep trying because it's exciting when they find things that work, but it's really discouraging when you try really hard on one or two things. And then you try again on a third thing and a fourth thing, eventually you're just going to give up. But the thing with, with drop shipping is like, you're only going to find one winning product for every 20 that you test. And you're only going to find one, multi-million dollar, like really big winning product for every hundred that you test. So you really got to put the energy in testing 
is the that's that's the 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 point yeah on a lot. <laughs> frequent frequency and volume are uh are huge 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 in testing i remember an av test i did once it did took our engineers two months to turn a two-step process into a one-step process and it had no effect on our conversion rates and i was just gutted from that experience um but it's really interesting to think about the power of e-commerce stores, particularly being set up in this kind of modularized content way where you can load a new product very easily um, and, and leveraging something like dropshipping, even, even like, like very, very easily. Like you don't even necessarily have the operational load that you would, uh, of course, facilitating and shipping a brand new thing. Um, so it's a very interesting kind of part of dropshipping um, I hadn't really considered fully, uh, but I could see why that kind of bubbles to the top there as uh, being your favorite. Um, so I'm just curious, I know you you had mentioned to me previously that you uh, have built your own dropshipping stores in the past and have been quite successful at that. Um, I'm just curious, like, are there are there types of stores that are built with dropshipping in mind? Like hearing you describe it, they, they kind of generally sound like um, kind of standard e-commerce product stores, but I'm just curious, are there, are there different types that people build with dropshipping in mind? Yeah, there's kind of like two main types. One is like a general store, right? That's where you're testing and you can run a bunch of different things too. And then another would be a niche store. Um, maybe it's one main product that you're building a brand around with other products to upsell. Um, you know, you, you want to have a combination of both. You want to have a general store to test with. Um, and I've actually had general stores that have done, you know, over $10 million in sales um, because I was too lazy to build out the niche store. I just kept running traffic to the general store and it worked fine. Um, but you'll find that your conversions get better, especially if you're targeting a certain demographic and you're building a whole niche brand around it. So you want to have that, that like dual store dynamic when you're going about this. You find a lot of people build like swag stores and other types of things like that, where like they're not really trying to drive a bunch of financial gain. Is that, uh, I guess swag would be branded. Maybe that wouldn't be quote drop shipping, but I'm just curious, are there other like complementary strategies for drop shipping where it's not necessarily the primary financial goal of the business? What do you mean by not the, uh, the primary financial goal of the business? Uh, well, I guess maybe that's a loaded question with dropshipping. Maybe my question is more related to when brands had things like swag store where they have like their branded swag and they're just trying to, you know, get it in the hands of people that use their brand. But I don't think that's probably a, a common dropshipping case because it doesn't qualify as dropshipping because it would be a custom logo. But uh, I'm just curious if there are uh, other use cases where people are leveraging dropshipping where it's maybe a secondary part of the business is maybe a better. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, building a, a brand, you know, in general, it takes a lot of time, money and effort. Uh, you know, you, there's a critical mass of people that eventually your brand turns a profit. But in the beginning, it's you're spending a lot on on influencers, on content, on making the brand cool, on getting a lot of people to buy into it and talk about it. Um, but to you know, to incorporate dropshipping into a brand, it's actually, it's a good tool. Like if you have a brand that you have a lot of loyal customers for, you know, you can actually find complementary products that your customers may like. Uh, you know, you might, maybe you have a clothing brand, um, but the holidays are coming around. You want to launch something fun and cool. You can go and find what's, what's the most trending product right now uh, and launch it on your branded store and just drive more revenue that way. Your customers that are on your list will still buy from you. 
um, but it allows you to, to, you know, increase your offering um, with relatively low effort. Yeah, I could see that also being used to drive some goodwill to, you know, if they you found complementary products that helped your own product in some way. Um, it's, it's really interesting to think how it could drive that secondary value, but it does make sense about the two main types you described around where it is the central, uh, the central part of the strategy, um, primarily focusing on general stores. And then of course, niche stores, uh, when you find that, that valuable niche to dig into, uh, super interesting. I want to, um, kind of unpack some more optionality though, as people think about building out drop shipping based businesses. Um, but we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. We're talking with Jared Getz of Zendrop about dropshipping strategies. Right before the break, Jared, you were talking a little bit about the two primary types of stores um, that are created with dropshipping in mind. Uh, as you described it, a general store selling lots of things. Um, and then you kind of mentioned when folks find that standout uh, product or, or niche, if you will, um, creating a niche store that focuses on, on maybe just a few products um, and a specific audience. And, and that definitely made sense. Um, so we talked about experimentation earlier um, as kind of one reason a larger business might, you know, play around with drop shipping, right? I'm, I'm going to find new things to lean into. Um, is it, is it, only useful in large businesses for that? Like, I mean, I know the small businesses benefit because they don't have to deal with all the fulfillment and everything. Larger businesses may have some of that in play, um, but are people leveraging drop shipping even if they have their own fulfillment options? Yeah, it, just, you know, like, as you mentioned, to, to test the waters and have more offerings before spending the time and energy and investing in a certain product. Um, and the cool thing about what we do at Zendrop is we're kind of... Uh, cradle to the grave approach. So like you can start testing a product, maybe it's drop shipping from China, it's a trending product. Um, and then once something, once it hits and you're consistently selling it, uh, we can actually bring that product in bulk to the US, put it in our US warehouses for you. Um, we can get custom branding on there, white labeling, you know, make the product yours uh, and then cut shipping times to, you know, two to three days. So you're competitive with all the big brands out there. Okay. Okay. So that does go a little bit deeper than I was imagining. Um, that's really interesting. So I've looked at dropshipping companies myself in the past, just for different clients and, you know, various projects over the years. 
I don't know that I have a personal good strategy for picking a dropshipping vendor. And of course, I realize you own and operate a dropshipping vendor. So, you know, obviously you're going to have a, a specific point of view there. But I'm just curious, like, um, based on your experience running a dropshipping business, and then of course now even as a, a dropshipping vendor, what should people consider when choosing a dropshipping vendor? Yeah, there's a couple of things, you know. So um, there's pros and cons to dropshipping from the U.S. versus from China. Um, there's actually more pros that come from dropshipping from China, and it outweighs the cons. You know, you could pretty much all the trending products you see. Um, that you can kind of ride the wave of that you're seeing on, you know, spy tools, or you might see in your own Facebook ads or things that are just trending in general. Um, you can get your hands on really easily. And the price points drop shipping from China are typically low enough that you can actually, you know, charge three, four, or even five times as much as what you're paying for it. Um, so you got to first decide if you want to drop ship from the US or from China. Um, Zendrop offers both, which is cool. We have suppliers in the US and we also have warehouses and sourcing teams in China. Um, but the other main thing is really like is trust. Uh, you know, a, a story, something that happened to me when I started my first dropshipping business, uh, I scaled my business to, you know, we were doing like 1500 to 2000 sales a day. Um, and I was working with a supplier that I found on Oberlo. Um, you know, they're a competitor of ours. They're a good company. They made things right with me to the best they could. Um, but they had a, a supplier from China on there. And the problem with, with that is like they have a bunch of different suppliers from China. And if you're working with a random supplier from China, you don't really have any recourse if there's an issue, right? So I was selling 1,500, 2,000 sales a day, um, you know, sending a lot of money to the supplier in China. And after a few weeks, we started noticing that some of our tracking numbers weren't working. Um, you know, after a couple of days where we found like 500 tracking numbers that weren't working. And then after digging and running scripts and searching and a whole lot of work, we found that over 7,000 tracking numbers on $50 orders, you know, customers that paid us 50 bucks got fake tracking numbers, 7,000 of them. I mean, we already paid the supplier in China for those products. So to sum up the math really quickly, I noticed that we took essentially close to a half of a million dollar hit uh, just from a supplier in China who was conning us. Uh, and he basically disappeared. And there was nothing we can really do about it. Uh, since he was in China, I didn't even really know his real name. you know. And there's a lot of those sourcing agents out there. And they'll come in. I mean, they're not all bad people, but the, the, you know, the, the culture in China is much different than here. So they may come to you and tell you, yeah, we can get you the price you want. And then they'll send out something of lower quality and not tell you. So, you know, again, to circle back, you're really deciding if, are you dropshipping from the U S or China? And then you really got to make sure you're trusting these, these companies uh, because you, they're handling a lot of your money and your customer's experience relies entirely on their ability to get those products shipped out. Um, so obviously, I'll say Zendrop's the best option uh, by far <laughs> in space. I would hope so. I hope you would say that. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are two things you really want to look into when you're when you're picking a dropship supplier. Yeah, I could see how trust would would weigh heavily there, uh, particularly as your volume grows. And then as you pointed out, um, your customer experience, which of course is critical to all of your future growth. So uh, what a great point to end on. This was awesome, Jared. Thank you so much for coming on today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Of course. If you'd like to learn more about what Jared is up to, you can visit zendrop.com. Thanks for everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.